We found a booming town in northern Idaho with beautiful views, limitless outdoor activities, and amazing restaurants. But is its growth really sustainable? Cue the intro. Throughout history, a select few places have experienced massive population growth in a remarkably short amount of time. These are the boom towns. Individuals with vision and guts put it all on the line to build infrastructure and a better way of life for these communities, changing the local economy and history forever. We are on a mission to find the next boom towns across America. Located on the shores of Idaho's largest lake and surrounded by three major mountain ranges, the city of Sandpoint is a true American gem. A year-round tourist destination nestled in the wilds of northern Idaho, Sandpoint has seen waves of economic growth since its inception. And the next big growth opportunity? Maybe now. To better understand the city's future, let's start by diving into its past. Hunter, what do you have for us this week? Thank you, Austin. I'm actually going to fly off the cuff here a little bit. Before we dive into the history, I want to touch on the geography of Idaho because as I was uh, preparing for this episode, I was talking to some buddies back east and uh, I was talking about Idaho and they're like, oh yeah, that's in the Midwest. Lots of farms out there. And I was like, no, it's not in the Midwest. Like, oh yeah, it is. Lots of farms. It's flat. I'm like, Idaho? Come to find out they were referring to Iowa, uh, which is indeed in the Midwest. Idaho, for those of you that may not be familiar, is in the uh, northwestern region of the United States. It's uh, between Washington and Montana. And while, yes, they do have a lot of potato farms in the southern part of the region, the northern panhandle is very mountainous and uh, has lush forests. And that's where we're going to be focusing today. So now let's dive into that history lesson. So up until around the 20th century, Native Americans, specifically the Ponderays and the Kootenai, built seasonal encampments along what we now know as Lake Ponderay, uh, where every summer they would come, they would fish, they would weave baskets, and they would collect huckleberries before returning to either Washington or Montana in the fall. The first group of non-natives to thoroughly explore this area was actually a fur trapping company known as the Northwest Company. Uh, they established a relationship with the tribes and began fur trading in 1809. And really, for the next like 70 years, fur trading was the industry in the area. The only people there were really fur trappers. Uh, but everything changed in 1882 when the Northern Pacific Railroad arrived and with that came permanent settlers and about the same time the first general store was open. So the small community that had now developed uh, was known as Ponderay. It grew slowly over the next decade and they eventually changed the name to Sandpoint. Uh, and an interesting side note, around the same time in 1888, a 29-year-old Theodore Roosevelt, that's right, the president, one of my heroes, uh, he visited Sandpoint while he was on a caribou hunt in the nearby Selkirk Mountains. And he describes uh, Sandpoint as having a rough and tumble kind of vibe. Uh, TR probably didn't say vibe. That's my words. I'm paraphrasing there. But it, does, it did have a rough, and, <laughs> it was a, a, a rough and tumble environment. And even still today, uh, I would describe it as rough and tumble. We can kind of touch on that in a bit as we uh, dive more into the city. I digress, though. Back to the history lesson. So uh, Sandpoint was officially incorporated in 1901. And for the next century, really, the timber industry reigned supreme. Uh, it drove the economy with multiple logging companies in the area, some of which are actually still active today. And what's interesting is as these logging companies cut down trees in the valleys, they actually sold the land to families who were uh, immigrating there, pioneer families. They sold them this land that they called stump ranches because as they cut down the trees, it left a bunch of stumps behind. And these families would remove the stumps and use the land for farming and ranching, which also drove the economy. And a fun side note, the... The, the environment in northern Idaho is not ideal for like a big growing season. So a lot of these farms, all they could really produce was hay. So the farmers would sell the hay to the logging companies who would then feed the hay to their workhorses. So it's kind of like a circle of life thing. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, circular economy. Exactly. Super cool. Exactly. Uh, the economy of Sandpoint got another boost during World War II when a uh, naval training station was created. And then another economic boost in, in the 1950s when Lake Ponderay became a sport fishing destination. Now, the biggest change that 
we're still seeing implications of today was in 1963 when Schweitzer Mountain Resort was open. The ski resort turned Sandpoint into a year-round tourist destination. And since then, visitors have flocked to Sandpoint to enjoy the water sports, skiing, hiking, hunting, fishing, all the outdoor activities. Now, I do think it's important that we tackle the elephant in the room. Anyone who is familiar with Idaho knows that there is an unfortunate um, stereotype, perhaps, about the area, and it's grounded in some, some truth and some reality. So in the 1980s and 90s, uh, people may remember the cities of Coeur d'Alene and Hayden Lake in Idaho, which are about 30 miles south of Sandpoint gain nationwide attention as the headquarters for white supremacy and uh, neo-Nazi groups. This is a really sad moment in the area's history. However, the citizens of Sandpoint, for the most part, reacted at this time negatively towards those groups, even going so far as to form a human human's rights task force in opposition. And I'll also point out in, that in 2011, Sandpoint became the first city in the state of Idaho to pass an ordinance prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. So again, a very sad and dark uh, moment in Idaho's history, but Sandpoint kind of leading the way um, against that, showing some opposition there. And in the last couple years, people may have noticed Idaho has become a real hotspot for people looking to relocate for uh, political freedom, for privacy. I think that's largely due to the COVID pandemic and the political tension we've experienced here in the U.S. And this influx, influx of all these new people into Idaho has, to some degree, brought with it some ethnic and cultural diversity. And I think that's probably a good segue to jump into our stats. What do you say, Austin? Yeah, yeah. And the history is super interesting because just like Bend, the fur trade was kind of the intro to this I feel like most Pacific Northwest towns, really, it was like fishing, logging, or fur trading. That's it. Yep. And that makes total sense having been there. We'll, we'll go into our experiences there as well. But I think it's great that you hit on the, um, the kind of spotty past for sure in that area. And um, because it is something that even today I've had relatives mention um, who grew up here or whatever. And I think it was on national news at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, and that it's, we'll talk about this more, but when you go to Sandpoint, you definitely don't get that vibe. At, at least I didn't. Um, but I think it, it could depend on someone's experience. But the city of Sandpoint feels very artistic, very diverse, very tourist oriented, kind of accepting in that in that sense. So um, yeah, the 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 history is fascinating in that regard. So let's jump into some stats. So first of all, the total population of Sandpoint is nine thousand two hundred seventy three people. So a mid sized, small to mid sized town, I would say. But the growth rate is seven point four percent. And wait to the end of the episode because I actually did a projection on what I think it'll be in the future and why. Uh, but seven point four percent is exceptional. That's an extremely fast growth rate. And again, hunt as as you mentioned, Hunter you know, there's probably dynamics that are making that higher than usual because the average is about two and a half percent in Sandpoint historically. And so I do think um, it was kind of of the era and of the time in these last two years that have really skyrocketed that area. Uh, the age demographics, the average age is 41.8 years of age, basically 42 versus 37 in the US. I, there is a large retirement contingent that lives in that area. So that probably increases the average. And then we wanted to mention the racial demographics because again, you know, I Hunter, you went over that spotty area of history and it's it's I believe that it is true that it has changed probably quite drastically since that time period, the 80s mm -hmm. and 90s. That being said, um it is also important to kind of look at the data and say what's it like now and what would it be like for me and so i i wanted to hit with the racial demographics here 91.8 percent uh, caucasian 5.8 percent hispanic 0.2 percent black 0.2 percent asian and 0.4 percent native american and so it is very heavily caucasian and then lesser so hispanic 
Um, so that's just something to be aware of. Um, as we look at these towns and as we've traveled different places, I think um, for us at least, the cultural diversity has been interesting. Some places are more diverse than others. But the one thing that you get in, in areas that have a large percentage of a certain demographic is culture. Um, I know extremely Hispanic communities that I've been to that you have that, you know, Hispanic culture there that is very unique to the fact that they have a large Hispanic population. And so I'm sure um, some of that is true here with Sandpoint uh, with their racial uh, diversity statistics there as well. On the political spectrum, 30.4% uh, of the people voted Democrat in the last presidential election and 67.2 voted Republican. So Sandpoint compared to the national average, it is more conservative. It's not on the super, super far right of the conservative scale, but it is definitely more conservative um, than the average in uh, the United States, something to uh, be aware of there, depending on what you're interested in that regard. So those are just some high-level statistics here. Essentially, Sandpoint's growing like crazy. It will continue to grow. I'll get into that at the end. And I, I think it very much depends on what you want to do in Sandpoint as to whether um, the demographics fit your needs. And so as everybody knows on this podcast, we kind of go into three sections. We go into, would you visit Sandpoint? Would you move to Sandpoint? And would you invest in Sandpoint? And so we're going to start with the visit section here. Hunter, any observations on the statistics before I jump into all the visiting and interesting things in that regard? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Sandpoint is relatively conservative, but not as conservative as the rest of the state of Idaho. Um, I have been to other parts of Idaho, and they can be very, very right-leaning. Um, probably some of the most right-leaning places I've ever seen. Um, but Sandpoint, when I was there, I didn't feel like it was super ultra conservative. It felt more middle of the road, uh, just based on the experiences that I yeah. had and the people that I talked to. Totally. Yeah. And again, that arts, the art scene, and we'll get into the mm -hmm. restaurants and everything too. You know, I think um, maybe it's due to the tourism. I don't know, but it, uh, yeah, it definitely feels that way. Okay. So let's get into the visiting section of the podcast here. So I wanted to share a few awesome things to do in the area. And Hunter, after this little section here, I want to get your feedback because you and I have done some of these things. So number one, Schweitzer Mountain hiking and ski resort. So this is a giant mountain and you can go skiing and it's absolutely awesome. And then they also have um, a bunch of hiking in the spring and summer and fall when the snow has melted. There's also Lake Ponderay City Beach, uh, Pinita Theater, which is this super cool old school theater and they show classic films as well as new movies, um, but it's small. So it's a really cool experience. The Bonner County History Museum, has a lot of the historical points that you mentioned, Hunter. Um, and they actually have like logs and plows and, and everything in there. So that's super cool. And then a little hidden gem for anybody who's looking to visit Sandpoint is there's a really cool outdoor adventure uh, tourism company called Mountain Horse Adventures. And what they do is they take you horseback riding in the mountains of northern Idaho's panhandle through old growth forests and some honestly some of the most beautiful views in the state we have hiked to the tops of the mountains there and the <laughs> views are insane so yeah what are your thoughts on the things to do in the area man you piqued my interest with the uh horse riding um i'm, I'm a cowboy at heart so that really cool. gets me going um <laughs> yeah it's it's a really cool place and i'll tell you i've hiked all over the place i'm from the pacific northwest we we hike is what we do uh, and I've had the privilege of hiking in other states. There's something about Idaho. Man, it is wild. Um, more so than anywhere I've ever been, maybe with the exception of Alaska. I've never been to Alaska. But I remember, Austin, we were, you and me and my wife and your wife were visiting Idaho, the Sandpoint area. We went hiking at uh, Schweitzer Mountain. And I just remember the trees were so dense the forest was so thick and there was just moose poop everywhere <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I up until yeah. that point had i up until that point had never um really 
been in moose country. So that was really cool to me to see that. And we talked to a lady that worked at the grocery store and she said, oh yeah, a guy just got attacked by a moose the other day. Be careful out there. I'm like, oh, I'm not in Kansas anymore. This is really cool. And then I remember we went hiking um, at another mountain. This was a little bit further south or excuse me, further north. And uh, there were signs everywhere. This is grizzly bear country. And I was like, oh, this is this is a whole nother level i've hiked around black bears for for a long time but that was my first experience in grizzly country and i got news for you it kind of it had me on edge that was probably the most nervous i've ever been in the woods uh but it was fun and so for me idaho specifically the uh northern panhandle of idaho it just has that like old west mountain man vibe like it's it still feels very um untouched by humanity even though there's nice cities like sandpoint up there uh, and other cute little small towns it, it just still has that like frontier spirit and to me that uh that's just something you can't replicate in other parts of the country totally totally yeah it uh, don't quote me on this but i think i had read that it has the most state protected lands um and that's what a lot of the tax dollars go toward protecting and stuff. So it really feels untouched, particularly in certain areas. And I should mention the whole flat land. I know, I know that, that your, your friends are talking about Iowa, but yeah. that Idaho has a, a drastic geography difference from Southern Idaho to Northern Idaho. Sandpoint's in nor- Northern Idaho. So when you think of like, picturesque pacific northwest evergreen trees mountains streams that whole vibe that is northern idaho uh it probably is very similar to northwest washington western oregon northern california even but i uh, southern idaho is totally different uh it probably there's less height i would assume uh, i think it might flatten out a little bit and it gets drier as you go further south and so uh, that's something I wanted to mention. Also, the town of Sandpoint is super cool. I just remember us, we went on hikes and we were kind of wiped out. We're like, let's just tour the tour the town. And we were walking through town and the, we saw the theater and there are all these awesome gift shops with like hand-carved log wood furniture. And uh, um, nice, it was very clean. I remember it being very pretty clean um, for... Uh, for the size that it was. And then I remember us walking along a river or something and then going to the lake, Lake Ponderay, <clears throat> which is huge, by the way, to some people. Like driving into Sandpoint, going north into Sandpoint, you you go over this bridge and it feels like you're over the ocean. <laughs> and it's a huge, huge lake. I mean, we drove for hours, literally like two plus hours north. And I remember we were just going along the lake the whole time, which is just crazy. Um, anyway... I uh, at, at this part of the lake kind of near downtown is that uh, Lake Ponderay City Park, City Beach Park. And I remember it was a hot day. All the families were out in the out in the lake. There were <clears throat> excuse me, there were boats um, touring out on the lake. People were fishing. It just looked like a really fun day uh, to be hanging out there. So. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, the lake reminded me kind of of like the Great Lakes in the Midwest because you're like, it's not ocean, but it is massive and there is beaches. People are out on the sand playing volleyball, getting a tan. People are out on their boats. Uh, But what separates it from the Great Lakes is you look around and you're just surrounded by mountains and trees, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but it's crazy. It's like the, the biggest valley full of water ever. It's really cool. Yeah. And it is a huge lake. I don't know. I don't know where it ranks um, in well, the nation. It's the biggest in Idaho. But yeah, it's the biggest in Idaho. I would, I would bet it's in the top 10 in the nation. I don't know. Um, it's, it's huge. So speaking of visiting there and vacationing there, mm-hmm. let's talk about the tourism. So there's 2.3 million tourists that go to Sandpoint per year. I haven't gotten the new numbers yet for 2021. Uh, they haven't been released by the Chamber of Commerce there, but I imagine they're a lot higher because I ended up reading a bunch of articles about how the city had to increase their budget for garbage collection at the city parks, ambulance services, 
all of these things, they had to increase their budget like crazy because like the parks had four times as much garbage production in 2021 as they did historically. So, and it's the, the population has only grown by 7.2%. So that doesn't account for four times as much garbage. So I think the tourism has just blown up there. And part of that too is, you know, it really is a four season climate and they're very drastic seasons. So it's mm-hmm. the summer is warm. It's not super hot because Sandpoint's relatively high in elevation, but it's warm. So great summer activities. Spring and fall are very doable, cooler, like probably a light jacket kind of weather, but you could go hiking spring and fall for sure. And then winter is deep, heavy snow, cold, but great skiing. And again, Sandpoint's going to benefit from that Schweitzer Mountain demand. And everybody throughout Idaho goes up there. People from eastern Washington go out there. Uh, people fly in. So I think in terms of seasons, it's one of those great places where you could pretty much go every week, every year and have fun as long as you're expecting to do what fits within that season. Um, in terms of where to stay, they have hotels, they have Airbnbs, they have camping, uh, campgrounds. Uh, there's really a, a bunch to do up there. And although it is quite rural beyond the town, there's actually a lot of places to stay. We didn't, we didn't struggle at all when we went finding a hotel. So mm-hmm. that was a good benefit. And I want to go ahead and share some of these cool places I found to live. Cause this is just, or I found to, um, to, um, stay, I should say. So check this out. So this is a place, it's loading here. This is called Talus Rock Retreat. And um, it's one of three resorts that I found in Sandpoint. And it just looks so cool. It's actually a bed and breakfast. And it's this giant stone like lodge thing. And every room that I could see has like a little bit of a kitchenette situation. This is another view of it, just beautiful. And um, I thought this picture was just the perfect vibe of what this place must be like, Talus Rock Retreat. We haven't been there, but it's on my list. Uh, The next place is Western Pleasure Guest Ranch. So uh, this has a really cool lodge vibe as well. Again, they're they're very much leaning into that, you know, northern Idaho uh, hunting culture, logging culture. So this is a very cool, uh, cool place to check out. And everything, um, these rooms have, they're all log. And we actually stayed in northern Idaho in a place that the room was like a log cabin. And uh, Hunter, his wife, my wife and I stayed in this room and it just was the coolest ever. And then finally, one of the most popular areas to stay is actually the lodge at Sandpoint. Uh, it's close to downtown and uh, it's it's right next to the lake, uh, as many of these are close to the waterfront. And um, it just has a very resort feel. Uh, it's, a, it's a relatively large place. So I just wanted to share that and say there's a bunch of cool places to go. And if you're going to go to some of the bigger places like the lodge, you'll want to book in advance because I did I did look at their booking schedules and they are booked up. All right. I, so we mentioned this briefly, but I wanted to talk about it in further detail. Uh, Great places to stay, also fantastic places to eat. And I feel like when you travel to a town, the places to eat are such a good indicator of how the economy works, what type of foot traffic they get. Is it tourists? Is it locals? Um, And just the diversity of the demand for for food in that area. Um, So... I'm going to go ahead and share my screen again because there are a few places I wanted to recommend to anybody listening or watching out there. So the first place I wanted to recommend is a place called McDuff's. You can see it here. Heck it's a brewery. Yeah. yeah. Love McDuff's. <laughs> yeah. So we went to McDuff's. Didn't we go twice? We went. Yeah, we went for like dinner and then lunch the following day. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it. There's two locations. There's one in downtown Sandpoint, and there's one a little further away. And the location that we went to, it was an old post office. And the bathroom, the the women's restroom, I think it was, because the men's restroom was kind of cool. I know that sounds weird, but I remember it was done up really kind of fancy and cool. 
And then the women's restroom, I believe I was told it used to be a vault. And so it was like a vault door to get into the restroom or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I remember my wife yeah. was raving about the bathroom and I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's it's kind of awesome. And you could see, you could totally see it was a post office, the way that the whole brewery was mm-hmm. was built out. It, it looked really cool. And then they went and everything had a very uh, Irish pub meets kind of logging area vibe. And um, the food was awesome. Uh, I wouldn't know how great the food was <laughs> but i i heard it's great um i think hunter you might have a story or two on that yeah so we went hiking and worked up a heck of an appetite we go to mcduff's because it's awesome and me and my wife and your wife all get like big like i can't remember i think it was barbecue sandwiches or something like that just super meaty and filling and then austin here orders a salad and i remember when the waitress brought out our food he looks around at all of our sandwiches and is like i made a huge mistake yeah i got like a beaten blue cheese salad it just sounded so great because we've been hiking <laughs> and i after i hiked for a long time i don't feel very hungry i'm kind of just exhausted and my stomach was tight or whatever i'm like yeah i'll just get a salad yeah and they were raving about Instant their food regret. don't get me wrong instant regret this salad was great but it would have been really good as an appetizer <laughs> so, right uh the, the next place i wanted to uh show you is actually a pizza place and so it's a great place for lunch or dinner it's super busy actually uh but you can order you can order out as well and so this place is called the powder hound pizza and they have two locations and that pizza just looks so good it's brick oven pizza uh, one of the most highly rated restaurants in Sandpoint. And we didn't get a chance to go there, but I'm going to go there next time we go there. And finally, I want to show you uh, one of Sandpoint's premier fine dining restaurants. It's a great date night place. Um, and it is generally you have to get a reservation depending on the season. So you'll want to you want to check that out. But it's called 41 South and they specialize as a state a steakhouse and seafood restaurant basically. But um, it looks fantastic. And they have a very limited menu. And I feel like when you find a fancy place, and they have a very limited menu, you know, it's good. <laughs> so those are a few awesome restaurants to check out. So the next section is would we move there? And so we're going to go into some moving statistics. Any other thoughts on the vacationing aspect of Sandpoint before we move on, Hunter? I've vacationed there before. I plan on doing it again. It is awesome. Yes. Yeah. And it's great all seasons <laughs> again of the year. So definitely worth checking out. Okay. Let's go into the move section here. So hit you with a few stats. Uh, they are ranked 29th out of 50 in terms of their tax rank. That takes into effect income taxes, property taxes, business taxes, a bunch of different things. And one is the lowest tax state, 50 is the highest. So they're kind of in the middle. Uh, I do want to mention I looked at their taxes, a huge amount of that money goes towards those state lands. And so I've lived in states where they do that. And I like keeping my money, don't get me wrong. But uh, <laughs> it is it is really unique to live in a place where you know, you could just walk out your door and in five to 10 minutes, you could go for a hike anywhere. And, and that's only because they prioritize that highly. Some of the biggest employers in the area are Bonner General Health Hospital System. So it's a relatively large hospital system. It serves uh, that county and the county north of it. And then Lighthouse Foods Salad Dressing Company. You might have seen it in the store. Uh, they are headquartered there. And I remember seeing trucks for Light- at Lighthouse Foods while, they're, while we were there. Uh, thinking like, oh, I didn't know. That Is that why there. you got the salad? Yeah. I was like, hey. If it's made here, I got to try it. <laughs> but yep. no, not really. Uh, and then they have Kodiak Aircraft Company. And that was actually acquired by a huge uh, aircraft conglomerate. But they make small aircraft there. And it's a large employer, actually. And then Schweitzer Mountain and Ski Resort, which has a lot of um, seasonal staffing, primarily in the winter and then a little less so in the summer. The unemployment rate is 6.1% versus the 6% U.S. average. So very, very average, I would say. And the average home cost is $682,500. And I wanted to go ahead and show everybody that 
uh, those statistics there. So using Redfin's analytics. So the median sale price here, $682,500, 7 7.7% increase year over year, which is interesting because there's a 7.2% population increase in that same year. So um, seems to have a correlation. But you'll notice not a lot of homes are sold. When we went up there most recently, I was curious about the real estate market because I'd heard everybody was moving there. And we talked to a few people. I looked on Zillow, looked on Redfin. I was just curious, like, can you find land? Can you find a house, a condo, whatever? Long story short, the real estate market up there is super tight. So the fact that only 22 homes are sold, and you'll see it was almost a 30% year-over-year decrease, I think the housing market is just super tight up there right now. And I do know that they're building in suburban areas around that area. So there may be additional uh, opportunities to be had. Uh, but as an anecdote, I don't think housing is going to loosen up there. I, I believe that Idaho has kind of been discovered as being exceptionally beautiful. So, and they're not building enough fast enough to push those prices down. So just as a fair warning, I could be totally wrong. Talk to a real estate and agent, agent in the area, but just something to be aware of there. And let's talk about the schools for a second. So I find this extremely interesting about Sandpoint because in our previous episode, we talked about Bend, Oregon, which is a very similar situation to Sandpoint in that Bend is a four-season climate, huge amount of tourism, uh, great place to be in all four seasons, and their schools were ranked eight, eight, nine, and 10 out of 10. And I found that exceptional because that's way above the national average. And you would think a small to mid-sized town in a kind of rural area, two to three hours from an airport, Bend is about three hours, two and a half hours from an airport. Sandpoint is about two and a half hours from an airport. So very similar. Sandpoint, all of their primary schools, um, their, their main elementary, their main middle, and their main high school, they all have a nine out of 10 ranking. So. Hunter, any thoughts on the kind of the the moving there and kind of what it would be like to be in the area? I was just going to ask, do you happen to know what the closest airport is? Is it Coeur d'Alene or Spokane? Spokane definitely has an airport. Uh, Sandpoint has an airport, right. but it's like Sandpoint does have an airport, but it's like a super regional airport. And so or not super regional, okay. small regional. <laughs> and so. Uh, I do yeah, yeah. think you can get you can get to Spokane through Sandpoint Airport, but I don't think you could get to Seattle. Maybe you could get to Seattle from Sandpoint Airport, but it's probably you're probably driving to to Spokane for anything major. Probably to Spokane, and even that is what like an hour drive, would you say, to the, or maybe two hours to the airport? I thought it was like two hours. I could be wrong about that, but hour and a half, two hours. That's that sounds. Something like that. But anyways, long story short, it's not super convenient if you're someone that travels a lot by plane. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And in terms of living there, I I think it's a place that would be a lot of fun to live in due to the seasonality. Um, it feels quite rural, I would say. Not the downtown city of Sandpoint. They do have condos. They have waterfront condos and stuff. If you live there and you were retired there, I could totally see not feeling that. But what's interesting about Sandpoint, and tell me if you agree with this, Hunter, but I feel like when you go into town, you hit town. But five minutes later, you're totally out of it. And it is rural again. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And town feels very um, kind of concentrated. Um, which is cool because you have everything you need within walking distance. I remember we walked like everywhere around the mm -hmm. lake and uh, to all the restaurants and everything. But yeah, as soon as you get beyond that, dude, it is super rural, uh, which yeah. I like. And a lot of people like that. And yeah. and that's how a lot of Idaho is. Um, I think people have realized that it has kind of the best of both worlds where you can have uh, urban environments, but also extremely rugged and rural places as well. Yeah. And there's very few places in the world where you can move there. And if you buy a home on a little property, 
you're almost guaranteed a mountain and lake view. Uh, maybe not a lake view, depending right. on where you are, but it's it's just exceptionally beautiful. Um, and we'll get into whether we would move there or not uh, at the end of the episode. But let's jump into the investing section because I think it will lend a little bit to the moving section as well. So I mentioned the population had grown by 7.4%, which is quite exceptional. I Again, uh, I'll talk about the projected growth rate at the end of the episode here. And the average income in Sandpoint is $22,815 per resident. The U.S. average is $28,555 a year. So it's less by a considerable margin. What is that? Almost 25%. The median household income in Sandpoint is $33,606 a year. And the U.S. average is $53,482 a year. And I'm going to hit you with the rest of the stats and let's talk about this because I find these particularly interesting. The percent of homeowners is 59.6%, which is below the national average of 65.4%. So let's call it 59 compared to 65. Uh, pretty big difference. And the total consumer spending per household, this is the average, is 54285 Compare that to our last episode, which I believe that was in the mid-70,000s. I'm seeing that the average income in this area is quite low. Um, and as I was kind of racking my brain on this, as I, as I looked at the statistics here, it got me thinking about the fact that as a resident, you have huge peak tourism seasons. And so I, you're going to have the, the city of Sandpoint is going to have a ton of tax revenue. A bunch of people are going to spend money. The state of Idaho does have sales tax. Like, they're not going to be hurting in that respect from a tourism perspective. But the city of Sandpoint, I would say even 10 years ago, was very different than it was today. It is a farming community. It is a rural community. There are homesteads, blue-collar, primarily jobs, if, if we look back at the biggest employers there, hospitality and blue-collar work. And so it doesn't surprise me that the average income is on the lower end of the spectrum. But what that says to me is that it could be really hard as the place changes, as folks move in with more income from out of state or business income or, or they're retired and they're buying up property. Hunter, can you speak a little bit to, I remember we had a conversation with a waitress in Northern Idaho and kind of what were her, her thoughts on on the whole dynamic with the housing and how hard it was as a local. Yeah, she was saying that they have a lot, for years, this isn't just a recent thing, but for quite a few years, they've had people that typically come from like California that have a lot of money that'll buy a place up there. And she laughed and said, after one or two really hard winters, they usually up and leave and go back to California. Um, and was there anything else or was that a story that you were? Yeah, 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 exactly, about? exactly. And the other thing that I think she had said or someone else had said, it was like, as a local working in the hospitality industry, for example, grew up there their whole life. Mm -hmm. They can't afford it. I mean, it's really hard to afford living there right now and particularly real estate. And as the real estate gets bought up, the fact that 22 homes were sold in the whole year, that's crazy in that area. That means that there's no homes yeah. to buy. So the only thing you can do is rent. So everybody starts renting and it jacks up the rent prices and rent affordability becomes really low. And so I do think people are, uh, local folks are feeling the squeeze there. But, and I'll get, there is a kind of bright side to that in the, in the end of the episode I'll get to um, as it relates to the growth rate and why that might solve itself. Also, you mentioned the winters. It's cold. If you're thinking, wow, this is beautiful. Yep. It's 85 degrees in the summer and the mountains are beautiful and we can swim in the lakes. It's like, yes, but those lakes freeze. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, one other thing, Austin, that I wanted to mention, yep. uh, speaking of talking to locals. Um, so we talked to a local business owner. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. this. And he said that he moved there from California and he'd been there for like five, maybe 10 years. Yeah. So he, I mean, he'd been around a while, owned a business in town. Mm -hmm. 
and said, you know, he loves living there. People are nice to him. But even still, after all these years, they refer to him as the guy from California. And and he made it sound like it was like in a joking way, like yeah. there's no resentment there or anything. We're not we're not, not here to, to pick on California, but uh, just something to be aware that if you're someone that is looking there, looking to move there to start a business and you're not a local, they will remember that. Um, and not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, yeah. you know, something to be aware of. It's for sure a dynamic. And I think part of that also correlates to the fact that it's just becoming harder living there locally if you grew up there to to live. And so there's this, yeah, this, tr this just tricky dynamic. I mean, Idaho is one of those few states that it just blew up and the infrastructure wasn't ready for mm -hmm. it. I mean, the the real estate market wasn't ready for it. The hospitality industry wasn't ready for it. And so I do think you'll see a balance with that in the future. And we're going to have an episode on Whitefish, Montana. Little 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 teaser for you there. Um, and I, I would <laughs> bet you and we'll talk about it more because we haven't we haven't done any research, too much research on it, at least. Um, but uh, what I know about Whitefish, Montana is a lot of people are buying second homes there. I would imagine that folks are also buying second homes in Sandpoint and Northern Idaho because uh, certain parts of the se certain seasons are just exceptional there. Um, okay, Hunter, I'm going to hand it over to you because we have some reviews to share with the audience here. Yes, this is like my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Let's, let's hear what people have to say. Uh, let's start with this first review here. We have been visiting Sandpoint for years and now own property and plan on building our retirement home here. The people of Sandpoint and the surrounding areas seem to be exceptionally friendly to me and my wife. I have found the business people to be remarkably responsible and also quite helpful. Climate. Well, it's a ski town in the Pacific Northwest. It rains and snows regularly. Big surprise. If you want dry and arid, don't move here. We love Sandpoint and think it deserves to be ranked very high and blessed best places to live this guy had all good things to say even pointed out that it does rain and snow a good bit uh but other than that it's an awesome place any thoughts on that before i move on austin no i agree if if you think of that stereotypical pacific northwest picture in your mind it really does have that and i think he's alluding to that for sure all right second review I'm a native of Sandpoint, therefore an endangered species. I've watched this area grow and watched the people move in and out. It's a beautiful place to live, but very difficult to make a living. Most of the recent influx of residents are people that have acquired their wealth somewhere else. In short, Sandpoint is a bedroom community with the population exceeding the current infrastructure. Wages are low due to the state minimum wage of $5.15. Idaho has a right to work law, which we refer to as the right to poverty law. Our education system is struggling to keep up, and when the kids graduate, their job opportunities are few. Our best and brightest will have to leave to secure productive employment. The two main features of the area are Lake Ponderé and Schweitzer Ski Resort. Both are expensive and have limited seasonal use. Don't misunderstand my comments. This is a beautiful area, but it does have its limitations. If you decide to come here, do your homework and be prepared. The main source of income is helping other people spend the money that they bring with them when they arrive here. Austin, this one to me, uh, I, it's very candid. And what blows me away is the the minimum wage in Idaho. Yeah. Holy cow. Crazy. Compared to other Western states, it seems crazy low. That's nuts. Super low, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife has family in Idaho. And when I hear what the rent is, they don't live in this area of Idaho. They live in central Idaho. But uh, when I hear what their rent is, I'm like, that is the cheapest rent I've ever heard of. And then you realize their minimum wage is literally half of what it is here in Washington state in certain areas, right. at least. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think this kind of, these perfectly compare to each other, really. They're both saying it's super beautiful. They're, they're both saying that it, you know, people are friendly and it's a great place to be. The climate is good um, for Pacific Northwest climate. Uh, but on the inverse of that, and I, I like this person's candid nature, I think they kind of alluded to what we've been talking about earlier in this episode. It's like 
just be aware of what you're getting into there um, with with uh, if you're going to relocate and work locally in the hospitality industry, for example, um, just be aware of of what that dynamic might look like for you versus if you're bringing a business there that could actually be super great for you. So um, something to be aware of there. So let's get into the projected growth rate. Drum roll, please. I can't do it. <laughs> we'll move forward. But I project, I did some math and uh, basically took the blended average projected growth rate plus the increased growth rate of this last year and the year prior compared to the previous 10. Long story short, I think they'll have about a 3.2% growth rate, which will be above their 2.5% average. And I do think the population will probably double within 20 years. I see a bunch of new suburban housing developments being built. So I could see that increasing with time. Um, but just one quick thing to note about the the growth rate there, again, is uh, that 3.2% is actually quite above average. Uh, and I, but it's not exceptional compared to the seven plus percent that they had in 2021. And I just think that's mostly going to be due to the fact that, uh, the political climate has changed a little bit. That's slowing things down, um, with the, the, the migration between states there. And, um, also the fact that, the infrastructure is kind of catching up. And I, all, I have this theory with population growth that it's a bit of a lagging effect. So Sandpoint just had a huge amount of tourism in the last two years. And I, if, if other people are anything like me, if I go to a place and I really, really like it, I also really want to move there. <laughs> and so I think that is what will make the 3.2% versus 2.5% happen. As I, I, you know, we, I remember Hunter, you and I, we went there. And we both just sat down and said, would we move here? Like, this is pretty cool. Um, so, so let's get into the meat and potatoes, the question at hand. Hunter, would you visit, move, or invest in Sandpoint? Yes. Would I visit there? I think, duh, if you've been listening, yes, I would visit. I have. I want to go back. It's a really cool place. Would I move there? See, that's more of the tricky question. I'm, I'm going to have to go with, if I had the money, I would have a secondary residence there. I think having like a little fishing shack up there would be really cool. But as far as living there permanently, full time, I don't really see it. Um, again, it kind of goes back to, it has a lot of great amenities, um, great schools. But to me, it just seems like a great place to have, like I said, a fishing shack or, you know, a family cabin to go every summer. You go on vacation, that sort of thing. And then finally, would I invest there? Yeah, but I would be, um, I would use a lot of discretion about what I am choosing to invest there. If I was a business owner, um, I would be very careful about the type of business that I would um Put in Sandpoint just because it does already have a lot of amenities uh, and you would want to capital not only capitalize on the tourism, but I think there's opportunity as more and more people do uh, move to Sandpoint and the population grows. There may be other business opportunities as well. So that would just be something you'd really want to ponder. Um, now, Austin, you, you did mention that you and I pondered mm -hmm. about moving to uh, Idaho. So I am curious to know uh, if you don't mind sharing why you ultimately decided not to move to Idaho as you answered the visit, move, and invest sure, questions. you're right. We were pondering it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we were, yeah, basically thinking when we were up there, because we, you know, we we love traveling all over, and every place I go, I think, would I move there? And sometimes we do. <laughs> By the way, we've lived in a bunch of places, and pretty much every place that we go to and spend considerable amount of time, we move there. Quick tip: if you're gonna move, if you're gonna visit somewhere and you think you want to move there, go back for a month if that's possible, if you can work remotely. If not, at least a week or two. 
you really got to get to know the place. Um, but long story short, we weren't considering moving to that area um, per se, but it's always a question that comes to mind. And so I first, would I visit there? 100%. I would go back literally this weekend. I would hop in a car and go just because the weather is awesome and it's beautiful. I, a lot of cool things to do, uh, particularly in the surrounding areas as well. Great hiking and such. Uh, moving there, my answer is no. I, because for me personally, it's a bit remote. With that, you get all the benefits of being remote and rural. You get the awesome trees and hiking and lake and all of the things. I just want to be a bit closer to an airport, really. Spokane, which is in Washington, but close-ish, like hour and a half, two hours from Sandpoint. It's a technically regional mm -hmm. airport, I think. You could probably get to Chicago or something from there. I don't know. But flights are expensive. And I really, if you're going to do a long flight, you may end up... I've known people who've lived in this area of Idaho, and they drive to Seattle, Washington to get their flight, which is just crazy. Cause it's like a six. I cannot even imagine drive. that. Drive. Yeah. Good and that's grief. just to get to the airport to then get on a plane for five yeah. hours to go to New York or something. So yeah, that that's the thing for me, but you might as well just drive to New York yeah. at that point. But that's cause I travel and stuff. If I own an electrician company, <laughs> I would totally consider this area. If I owned a services business, this is the one thing to note is the population will keep growing. People will keep buying real estate there. Tourism will keep increasing now that people have discovered it. I've noticed this. When people discover something, they start talking about it just like we are on the podcast. Then other people learn about it. That tourism never stops. I mean, it's it's now a discovered hidden gem effectively. And so uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, particularly in the services-based industry and building infrastructure. Uh, less so, I would say, in certain other areas because the seasons are particularly short in Idaho. And so if you build your business around tourism in the summer, you're going to have to make a ton of money really quick because you can go, the temperature can drop like 60 degrees in a week and then your season's over. So just something to bear in mind there. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Boomtowns. And don't forget to tune in next week as we explore Whitefish, Montana. Montana, or as I like to call it, Texas with mountains. <laughs> <laughs>